That's right, Chuck. Hello there, Assemble. Close enough. What episode is it? <laughs> episode 36. Episode 36. We are coming in hot today. The finale of season three Mandalorian just dropped. We've all seen it multiple times and we're freaking pumped. We are going to detail the entire season and then we're going to spend a good amount of time on the finale to talk about what happened in Mandalorian season three. David! What? (laughs) What's your favorite color of Mandalorian? Uh, Not the plastic looking helmets that they use. That's for sure. Sean, who's your favorite Mandalorian? Um... The Mandalorian. What city in Mandalore <laughs> would you live in? The garden. The garden. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's dive into it. We already gave a really good detail episode of season, uh, not season, episode one of season three. Uh, so l- we're going to kind of just give a good overview of episodes two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And David, tell me everything about every episode. <laughs> Dude, I don't even remember. All I remember is Jack Black and Lizzo and <laughs> yeah, guy was... from Back to the Future, Lo- Christopher Lloyd. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, what those, a fun episode. Those were the only parts. Yeah. Those uh, were the good old days. So after the very first episode, the next episode is called Minds of Mandalore. Oh, yeah. Go redeem yourself. Go redeem yourself. Right, Sean? How do you do it? So he had to go to Mandalore. Water. He had to go into the water. Yeah. And bathe in the pool to basically cleanse his sins of removing his helmet. Uh, Side note, shout out to the puff jobbers that Sean got on these mics. This is new. Super puffy. And he went to Mandalore, and that was a really cool episode. Uh, Bo-Katan had some sick action in her vehicle, her ship vehicle. What's her ship called again? Oh, they have gosh. a name for it. It's like the gauntlet. Yes. Something like that. It's like yeah. The, it's like the bacon supreme or something like that. The bacon gauntlet. And mostly f- made famous by uh, Darth Maul in the Clone Wars show because he jacks one of their. Is that like his ships. ship for the majority of the show then? It is because he steals it. Yeah. He steals it from the Mandalorians. Okay. I liked his first ship in the Phantom Menace more. Everybody did. Yeah. Pretty baller. I had it in the Lego version. Dude, in the video game, it could go like invisible. Oh my gosh. In Battlefront 2. You never did the ship battles though. I never touched ships. Uh, Camouflage. So it, that was a really cool episode. She had a ton of action in her ship. She's shooting a bunch of TIE fighters, but they end up blowing up her castle. That's kind of the big highlight of that, that episode is they blow up her <laughs> castle that she was sitting on the throne of alone. Uh, and then they go to Mandalore and she's homeless at this point. So I can't remember... So she just kind of hangs out with uh, the Mandalorian, but she rescues him from the mines, and she's like, oh my gosh, the legends are true. It's, That's right. It's better now. You can live and breathe here, and god dang, what was that in the water I seen? Something, Sean. What was it? It was a beast of... It was a kaiju. David, what Kelsey kind of... Kelsey Pacific Rim. What kind No. Sorry. <laughs> okay. What kind of mythical beast was in the water of the mines? Uh, it was a mythosaur. A mythosaur, you say? A mythical dinosaur. 
What is so important about a mythosaur? Uh, well, that is their signet, the uh, the horns with the right skull thing. Right, that is their emblem. Yeah, that's right. So, so the legends are true. Yeah, that's pretty. I thought that was interesting. I never even thought about how cool it would be to see that in with my own with my own eyes. So foreshadow, Bo-Katan, mm. sees a mythosaur. Uh-oh. Where's this season gonna go? Nobody it's knows. building up. Prophecies are true. Are isn't they? that isn't that their thing? It's like a prophetic. Yeah. When the mythosaurs return, then therefore they will retake Mandalore, or it will signi- signify a new age of Mandalore, <laughs> or a new age of Star Wars. Am I right? Uh, let's hope. But like, <laughs> the creature is just a myth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They go to Mandalore. They redeem themselves in the living waters. Bo-Katan sees a mythosaur. Boom. Yep. So then she's homeless. So then that's the next episode is uh, the convert. Uh, yeah, so Dr. Mm. Pershing, the guy in, in right, right. charge of cloning, the cloning sciences. That's right. Um, which he picked up on Nala Se's work. Mm-hmm. Nala Se is a scientist from Camino who started this cloning thing. Um, She's the one that um, Omega Nars. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's got this cloning technology. Uh, he's trying to find work in the New Republic. He's a good guy now. You know, he just wants to... Make his mother proud, who was dying of a disease that he felt like he could have helped. And right. he knew he had it in him to come up with a solution, but she died before he could. <laughs> so it gives Super him a little sad. bit of a backstory. I enjoyed that episode. I know a lot of people thought it was weird. I liked it. I liked it because we don't know anything about that guy other than he was the guy trying to take Grogu in season one. And you're just like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah. So to see like his motivations and... You know, he's yeah. just following orders. It is a detour, but I like hanging out on Coruscant. Heck yeah. yeah. Like, you know, just go and have some ice cream, you know? Come right. on. It, look, look at the lights. Right. And he's he befriends the chick who's obviously bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. With a bullseye. But yeah, they go on to an Imperial Star Cruiser and find the cloning technology. Yeah. And they snag it. And this chick has Dr. Pershing's memory wiped. Sure does. Completely scrambles his brain. I'm so. surprised they didn't use the Borg gullet from what? Rogue One. Uh, little tentacle monster. Oh, or maybe that's just for oh. like reading minds, getting information. Right. But maybe. this thing is about wiping. Right. They should just use the Men in Black flashlight thing. I'm sure it's on Coruscant somewhere. Yeah, must be too expensive for the New Republic. What did they say the population of Coruscant is? They said it's in the trillions. Yeah. Also, little lore thing. I like that they have an exhibit for like, some say that this rock is actually the surface of Coruscant. Right. It's like such a novel thing. Ooh, look, le- real land. Yeah. Weirdos. Yeah, that was a cool episode. Yeah. But yeah, you could tell right away this chick is up to no good. She's right. a part of Moff Gideon's. She was on his ship. Yeah, it's we like, find out her backstory. She was with Gideon, but she's good now. Right. Um, she's rehabilitated for the New Republic. But yeah, she takes this cloning technology and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, where is the story going? We all know Palpatine comes back in the sequels. Right, right. This is where everything's headed. Right, right. In the grand scheme of things, this show is putting pieces together. Oh my God, I wonder what's going to happen at the end of the season. So anyway, next episode. Yep. We get the foundling where he gets taken by the pterodactyl thing. Mm-hmm. That episode was actually sweet. I enjoyed that. I thought that was fun. Uh, Sean, what was your favorite part about that episode? That you find out that that place is just a terrible place to live. Yeah. Because 
not 30 seconds they're there and then a kid gets picked up by a big old pterodactyl thing yeah but the the funny thing is about the show i i i I really love this season for that i love that it's still like the monster of the week you know like what's what sort of ridiculous like creature because when we were kids i think that was like the funnest part about stars getting like the little visual encyclopedia and like looking at all the creatures Mm, heck yeah so they would do the cross diagram with like the ships it would like explain the ships in detail, but they never did that with the creatures. Right, I wanted right. a bisection of the creature. So they end up at the end of that episode. They save it's Paz Vizsla's son is the one that gets taken. Ragnar, right? yeah, Ragnar, and, and Bo-Katan kind of leads it, and you kind of see her become like the leader of everybody. Yeah, I mean that's really all that episode was was showing Bo-Katan's leadership yep. and showing she can. Uh, lead at, at the end of it they take the pterodactyl's kid the babies they take three of the babies back to the convert and say like we found new foundlings yeah we found new foundlings Wh- where is this going uh, end of the season build up are they gonna ride them we're gonna ride them. them we're gonna ride them into Mandalore oh they're gonna tame them and all this I thought stuff we found, I, I thought we found out their fate in a later episode see I, I thought but I'm not 100% sure okay well, well when we get to that we'll talk about it um, so the next one is the pirate. So ah. real quick entry of a new villain. Uh, what's his name? Do you guys remember? King Swamp Thing. <laughs> the DC crossover. Pirate. Well, anyway, pirates come to Navarro to take over. Because um, they're ticked off that Mandalorian Gor- shot down some of their stuff. Gorian Shard. Gorian Shard. I was just listening to our episode talking about him too. Uh, yeah, he was introduced in episode one. This kind of like foreshadowing, oh, this is going to be a problem later. I predicted that Gorian Shard was going to capture Mandalorian. That was incorrect. Because Gorian Shard just shows back up on Navarro. Navarro? Navarro. Navarro. And uh, he just starts shooting people. Just yeah, starts he just puing starts them. Trying to take over. Yeah, Thank like you. actually like just shooting up civilians. Terrorists. Pretty activity. intense. Um, and Grief Karga sends out, you know, his his distress signal, which it was pretty cool. Yell so, for help. Yeah, he's trying to get help from the New Republic, and uh, they're they're not very willing. Um, the one guy, the one the one X wing pilot who shows up quite a bit in this season, he's very willing to help. But the New Republic's it's like, well, we got there's a lot of paperwork involved. Oh, man, the bureaucracy, it's like yeah. history repeating itself. They're not a part of the New Republic. They haven't signed the treaty. I'm getting invasion of Naboo flashbacks. My hands are tied. There's a lot of red tape. I don't think we can do anything. So this X-Wing pilot goes and he finds Mandalorian. How does he find him, David? He knew where he was. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he tracks him down using... R5. Oh, he oh knew R5. And he, he found R5's beacon. That's how they get you. Can't trust a droid, Sean. It's that easy. Is it? Which we'll get back to R5, but. You sure will. R5's the one who malfunctioned. Say his name. <laughs> He's got a bad motivator. Yeah. He is not motivated. <laughs> well, he is in this season. But he gets a redemption. Taps off to R5. That might be the best thing that happened this season, but we'll get there. Oh, so anyway, that X Wing, that new, uh, new Republic Ranger, he finds the, the covert. And he says, listen, your buddy's in trouble. Your grief card is in trouble. And that was a really cool episode. I love that episode of them just freaking owning the pirates. When they drop down and Bo-Katan's like, you sure, operate yeah, yeah, yeah. as a tight military unit. And they freaking do. Yeah. They move through those streets with precision, just pewing people. And Paz, Paz Vizsla is a highlight of this season. Dude, he's a tank. He's a tank. He's 
He's legit. He has a lot of cool scenes. He um, is. Um, who's the character from Rainbow Six Siege? He's like Tachanka. Tachanka. Yeah. yeah. I like how uh, Mandalorian basically gives that speech in front of all the Mandos. Like, listen, you don't even know this guy. Last time you, last time you saw him, he was trying to kill you because he was trying to get Mando. You know, as Mando was trying to escape the the planet on in season one, and that's like the first time we saw the Mandalorians with their jetpacks on. So he's like, the last time you saw this guy, Grief Karga, he was trying to kill yeah, you. Yeah. But let me tell you, he's actually a good guy now. I owe him my life, and I'm going to go help him. So He could have like saved himself a bunch of time and just been like, this is the way. What? <laughs> it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card, honestly. Pretty much. So that's what Paz Vista stands up and is like, we, we don't need to do this. This guy tried to kill us. But you know what? This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> oh. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, let's go. Great Can't scene. argue with that. That was a cool episode, though. Yeah, I love the ship sequence. Um, you've got uh, you've got Mando in the B one, and you've got Bo Katan, and at the very end, they're both coming in on the ship from opposite sides, and I was thinking the whole time, like, how do you not collide in that situation? Dang, it was they, like the opening scene from Pearl Harbor, was it? With Josh Hartnett and. Ben Affleck in their planes that's playing a, chicken with each other. That's a good movie. Yeah, that was, they were like just going right at each other, but then they both peel off in opposite directions at the last second. Classic. They must like be a strategic military unit or something. Uh, so yeah, they defeat the pirates. Idiot. They free Navarro and they're like, you guys have a home here if you want it. <clears throat> yeah, Got a nice plot of rant, land out there on the outskirts for you. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is all building to the Mandalorians are now coming back. They have a place they can stay. I wonder what's going to happen the rest of the season. Where is this going? So, next one is Guns for Hire. This episode, I, I hated it. I hated it. I thought it was so... This was Jack Black comes in. <gasps> right. And Lizzo, his wife. You hated it. Right. I thought this was the dumbest... I don't know what this was. This was the only Star Wars thing about it was the droids they brought in, but it was still weird. Here's what I'll say. I saw on Twitter that Jack Black and Lizzo were in Mandalorian, and I think Lizzo tweeted something like, I'm in Star Wars, y'all. And I thought, what is going on? Flashbacks to uh, what's her face? Megan the Stallion being in She-Hulk. It's like, what is Disney? Good for her. What is Disney doing here? And then you know what, Sean? I saw the episode. You know what, David? I liked it. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought Lizzo was great. She wasn't over the top. She wasn't trying to be something she wasn't. She got to hold baby Yoda the whole time. Yeah. I liked it. Jack Black was fun, of course. But, you know, I think there's something to be said about it. Uh, It comes across as a little bit of a silly, a silly uh, detour. Yeah. Compared to like the end of the episode is what's actually important that they right. get to the rest of her right. Mandalorian fleet but and connect with them. Why couldn't they just do that in the beginning? I will say this because we have 30 minutes to fill day. Right. That's exactly. that city that they were in though was so cool. It was like, you know, those memes where it's like society. If boomers could pronounce Chipotle correctly, <laughs> it's like this super futuristic. Oh my gosh. You know? uh, what's another one? Gosh, I said it the other day at work. I can't remember what it was. But they've they they figured out how to have a society that's run completely automated by the yeah. droids, and they get to just enjoy life just and super live in luxury. Yeah, and that's where we see Christopher Lloyd. He's like the uh, droid. Uh, he he's the command center, he's mission guy. control guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, these droids! There's something <laughs> wrong with them. I thought it was a really cool detective episode. I liked it. There you go. Who done it? 
Well, Chris Lloyd did it. He's a oh my loyalist. <laughs> um, so yeah, they stop him. They Man in the DeLorean. I never saw it coming. And then I trusted that guy. Bo-Katan confronts the rogue Mandos, the people with their helmets off. That culture. Axe Wolves. Axe Wolves. And she says, "We need your help. Join us." He's like, "Yo, you hang around with this guy who has the dark saber, and he doesn't even—he didn't even earn it. He doesn't do anything for it." And, right. And then she's like, "And then Mando speaks up. Well, on a technicality, Bo-Katan actually gets it. So here, all right. <laughs> well, uh, so we skipped oh, over a little. Brother, <laughs> this guy sticks. We st- skipped over a couple of." key points that kind of led us to this point in the season. First of all, Mando went to the mines and he got attacked by something and it completely took he him got, capture. He got, he got beaten up and captured by a bionicle. Right. And in the meantime, he lost the Darksaber. It was just on the ground. So, so that Creed, he lost the claim to the throne of Mandalore to lead the people. He lost the Darksaber to this. Is it really that easy? I guess so. Like if you, if the king or queen woke up one morning, it's like, where did they leave that thing? And their assistant's like, no, it's, <gasps> it can't be stolen. It I has to, to be. the laundry room to be clean. Oh, I, I think I threw it out with the trash. No, no. It, it can't be stolen. It has to be won in a fight. Right. And that thing fought Mando and beat him. Right. So. And then Bo-Katan shows up. It's lying on the ground. Right. She uses it to defeat that enemy. So Mando basically, and when that happened, I was like, dang, the Darksaber is just like on the ground. And they very much made it a point to show you like Bo-Katan grabbed it. Bo-Katan used it. And then she kind of just handed it back to Mando when it was all. I will say what I noticed when I watched that episode was I remember how much when Mando uses it, it seems like so heavy and sluggish. Right. And I always thought, well, maybe it's because it's not a lightsaber. Like just the physics of this weapon are really weird and so it's just it feels like a giant claymore saber so it's clumsy but when she used it it was like nothing right and i do remember thinking that that's that must mean something yeah that it's like light-handed in her hand they explain that in rebels so yeah later on they're like listen you you want to try to lead us you you haven't even challenged him for the dark saber like you you try to come and lead everybody you don't even have the dark saber and you are hanging out with him every day well pause up until this point, Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan's story, her whole character has been, she's been given the Darksaber. Right. She's never earned her keep. She's never earned the right to rule right. these people. So my thing is like, okay, they're bringing Bo-Katan in pretty hard here first season, or first couple episodes. Right. I realized this is no longer about Mando. This is Bo-Katan's story. Katan. What's her name? Uh, <laughs> Bo-Katan. Lady Kreese. Katan. <laughs> Yeah, Lady Crease, sure. Um, I so think it's Bo-Katan. Katan. Bo-Katan. <laughs> yeah, so she, her whole story is she's never really been a rightful ruler, and there's always been a technicality. And right. so I'm like, okay, sick. Her, right. her character, her story is coming full circle. She's going to have a moment. She's going to get the Darksaber. She saw the Mythosaur. She's right. going to end up riding that mother. Ride that mother. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm here for it. I, I've, I, I was on board with this. Bo-Katan full arc. Sure. And then the rest of the season unfolded and they they meet the other Mandos and then when I heard that speech about well on a technicality she gets it it's like that's been the whole that's her whole story. Right. Earn it. Right. Dang it. (laughs) I mean she well here's the thing. The first time she got it Sabine literally just gave it to her. Right. You deserve to rule Mandalore. Take it. 
there was no like defeating of anybody. It was just handed to her. And that's when everything fell apart because she hadn't earned it and nobody respected her for it. Can I just insert the clip from Monty Python and the Holy Grail here where the peasants are talking about getting Excalibur from a lake is like the worst basis to form a government off of. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it kind of leads to that point. We get, we get towards uh, the end of the season and some things unfold, which we'll get to. But uh, I think that um, one of the important things that we didn't mention is the armor. You know, she basically joins, Bo-Katan joins their covert because she had not removed her helmet since bathing uh, in the mines <laughs> after saving Din Djarin. And she uh, she essentially joins their crew. And then the armor comes to the realization that if the Mythosaur really is out there, then this a, is the way a new age of Mandalore will will come. And the only way that this is the way <laughs> is if you know how I always say, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> she should have been like, Yeah, I think I saw a Mythosaur. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> So, so she realizes, though, that the only way that they're going to be able to retake Mandalore, if the Mythosaur is real and they are supposed to take retake, retake Mandalore, the only way they can do that is if Bo-Katan unites everybody. So she tells Bo-Katan, Tan, Tan. We're stronger together. Just take your helmet off. Because she realizes, like, you're a part of our crew, but you're also a part of that crew. You're the one kind of, like, middle piece that can bring us all together. Just take your helmet off. Go find your other people and let's all join up. Let's all get together. So up until this point, half the season was spent on, no, more than that. We had Boba Fett episodes and the end of season two of Mando of just like crapping on Mando for taking his helmet off. Right. Then they spend a couple episodes, you know, you got to redeem yourselves. Go do it. So he does it. And then literally an episode later, you know what? You can take your helmet off. I don't really care. It's just like, I. it's... It's really, though, it's the armor realizing there's a bigger picture here. And if we continue to operate the way we are, it's going to be the 20 of us and then the 50 of them. And that's it. Sure. Then you I take just, your helmet off. Do it. I think she, you she won't. She you won't. won't do it. She won't do it. Just watching the episodes. It's like, OK, that was good. But then you look back at the episodes you watched and it's like, this has all been a waste of time. It this undoes. Is, this is annoying. Yeah, it undoes all of it. Her so, strong conviction is thrown out the window. But I think it's it makes sense because she fully understands like, okay, wait, we're supposed to take Mandalore. We can't do it like we've been doing it. Sure. So that's why they go to that futuristic planet because those those Mandos are basically hired as mercenaries to police the area. Or was it because the armor felt that only she can be the mysterious female leader? Somebody's got to be. With hel- her yeah. helmet on all the time over Probably. here. Probably. Selfish reasons for sure. Yeah, she's like, I got to get this girl out of my corner here so this is my niche she uh she basically fights axe woes to retake leadership of that crew because he's like listen you've been gone i'm the leader and i kind of like being the leader so she fights him pretty cool fight scene yeah which again they're just launching missiles with no (laughs) no thinking of where is this missile gonna go if i miss (laughs) yeah it's amazing that they don't kill anybody the spectators are just like whoa okay also (laughs) they're using like lethal lethal attacks which i thought was like is this a duel or is it like a fight to the death 
Yes. Mandalorian. Yes. They no, it's supposed to be to the death. It's fight to the death. All but right, then well. the lead character usually wins and stops things. Like, I'm not going to kill you. Just whoa, stop. whoa, guys. All right. We didn't. Who's, nobody goes that far. I know I sent those rockets at your head, but <laughs> let's calm down. Yeah. So after that episode. Spies. Uh, spies. Now this is where the internet freaking went rogue with this episode, dude. The spies. The, ti- the title alone made the internet crazy. So we find out that the chick that nobody trusts from the New Republic, the one that scrambled the Dr. Pershing's brain, she is Moff Gideon's spy. I'm the spy. (laughs) (laughs) She's been feeding him information about what's going on. Uh, But this episode is cool because we see that scene with Moff Gideon and like the council. Yeah. So there was a lot of other world building in that. Yeah. They're just setting up the Ahsoka show. We hear Thrawn's name, yeah, but it's this this group of old. I understood Im- that reference. Old Imperial <laughs> officers, and they're all just like hiding out. And one just, of them's last name is Hux. Yeah, rebuilding. I understood that reference. That which was, is it's Hux's dad. It's Hux's dad and his actual brother in real life. Yep, Gingers. And then they're like, "Yeah, we'll send Praetorians." To mm. accompany you, and I'm like, I understood that reference. I did not actually, because I thought <laughs> they were just imperial guards. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, he's he requests a bunch of bombers, a bunch of Tie fighters, and Praetorian guards. Um, but what you kind of understand though is they call out Doctor Pershing. Hux's dad calls out Pershing, and he's like, "Where is he, Gideon? Because we know that you had him, and we know that you were doing your own testing." Mm. And you kind of understand this dynamic of like. Moff Gideon calls out uh, Thrawn's right hand man and says like you keep talking about Thrawn like he's going to come back and save us all but we don't even we've never seen him so you keep saying the great white hope of Thrawn is coming back or the great blue hope true more accurate and then it's like oh well you know what did the what was the project called the bringing back the emperor necromancer yeah project necromancer real subtle yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then you kind of understand through that little council meeting that Gideon like doesn't he's not supporting any of them he's trying to do his own thing and that's the moment where i said screw this (laughs) because my whole thing was i was thinking oh this is gonna fit into the grand scheme of things bringing the emperor back which it it still is right but it's not moff gideon moff gideon is doing his own thing right and it's like oh but that that is kind of the story of the empire they're all just and the Sith and the dark side and all of it, they're all power hungry and they're all trying to rise up the ranks on their own and do their own thing. And it's like, screw you. You had your chance. Now I'm going to take mine sure. and I'm going to try to clone myself. Well, we're still on episode seven. So, well, spoiler. Alert. Yeah, the spies. We know one spy. <laughs> Don't know the second one. Who's the other ones? Oh, oh. wait for the finale. Because then we... Everything's building. Well, Everything I said. Okay, so this is where the internet was freaking going nuts. So there is a there is a theme where there's some other um, episode titles where it's kind of got like some religious context. So a lot of people were saying the twelve Mandalorians that went to the surface of Mandalore to scout the area. I will go. I will go. I will go. And then those randoms. I will go. This is the way. (laughs) Where's the way? This is the way. There was 12 of them. And in the Bible, there was 12 spies sent to the promised land. Sure, 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 sure. So it's like, okay, there's some like biblical reference. Who's Joshua? Who's Caleb? Right. But was that a biblical reference? Was it a religious reference? Or 
Are there other spies in this episode that we need to be aware of? Oh, man. Rising How? tension. So Moff Gideon got the info from that chick. Where did she get her information from? Oh Who's my. been tipping her off? Gosh. So we get 12 Mandalorians who go to the surface, and they come encounter with more Mandalorians who have been living there, right? And then there's a big monster they fight. That's pretty monster cool. Monster of the week. Yay. But then the, the whole tipping point is... Which was not the mythosaur that they fought. That right. was a different, on Mandalore, different beast. Just a random Just beast. throwing that out there. I mean, I think the tipping point is when it flipped their boat over, right? Right. And then they were just jetpacking around like a bunch of jetpackers. Yeah, I feel like why why use a boat when you have like seemingly infinite fuel in your jetpacks? It's literally seemingly infinite, which we will touch on in the finale recap. Uh, but what was I saying? They 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 encounter this group of Mandalorians who have been living there the whole time, which is a pretty big reveal because you yeah. think, well, they've been living on a nuked out planet. They would when they look like ghouls from fallout or something yeah so up until this point we thought that mandalore the the night of a thousand tears the empire came and just wiped it out right um and because of the nuclear uh toxins like the nuclear atmosphere mandalore was no longer safe to reside on and be in right so that was the whole thing with the armor she was saying no the mandalore is is gone we can't go there it's toxic we can't live there we we have to you know whatever which they do a good job during the season kind of explaining that there's kind of like this outer atmosphere of mandalore where it's like just the storm and as soon as you get through it you lose all communication with the outside world sure it's like you're in this bubble um but it is livable yeah, they we should rename the Night of a Thousand Tears to the Night of 995 Tears. Cause or 99 Tears. 999. Or 99. Because a few of them survived. Not all yeah. Thousand Tears dropped. So, come to find out, there's more going on in Mandalore than we thought. Mm. Um, well, for sure. I mean, when they first got there, they, had, they found like weird ape men. Like Wendigos. Right. They found Bionicles. <laughs> that were crazy killing and yeah. draining people of their blood and stuff. That was the one that bested Mando. Yeah, that was messed up. So Mandalore's got tons of things hidden under the surface. There was like those crocodile monsters. Much like things. me. Just like the mini ones, not the big ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then the yeah, flying crocodiles yeah. that yeah. were freaking Grogu out. Classic Mandalore. Um so what's interesting in this episode is there's a bunch of Mandalorians that are just like hurt. They right after this attack and the armor takes the hurt back up to the command ship meanwhile no, she's like i will go back and bring them to the ship mm. let me take them right don't I'll worry don't them. worry lady crease i will take them but exactly we, what's interesting is don't worry audience you know that this <laughs> episode is called the spies and you only know of one mm, so i'm gonna who's talk the other one? as if i'm a spy and building up into the season finale it's one, Grogu. Of, one of the big reveals is they during this like dinner uh where they're on the ship Bo-Katan kind of tells you what happened with Moff Gideon and the Darksaber somebody else can say it I'm tired (laughs) well she she explained that she gave up the Darksaber as a way to like save bring a ceasefire and save as many people on Mandalore as possible right but you know those Imperials they uh they don't tell the truth no they lie they're liars. And so uh, Moff Gideon, obviously, as soon as he got his fingers wrapped around the thing, was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not taking care of you people. 
Right. So and then he just nuked him. Kicked her in the butt and said, get on out of here. Yeah. So the the Mandalorians that were on the planet, they had no idea of that. They were like, oh, we were fighting for you. And, you know, the, the Imperials just overran us. And she's like, no, they didn't. You're a coward, Mickey. She is a coward. She gave up the Darksaber. And then I can't remember. How did they, like, get into that Im- Im- Imperial base? They were just exploring because they were looking for the forge. They were spelunking. They were looking for the Great Forge. Yes. And then they basically get trapped by a bunch of Imperials. Yeah. They get attacked by the Imperials. Yeah, they get into the mines. Mm -hmm. um, And all of a sudden, these white Mandos start coming at them. Mm. And she's like, those are Mandalorians. Which flashback to uh, Rebels. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, Gar Rebels with Gar Saxon, mm-hmm. who the voice actor of Gar Saxon, little plug, is the the Inquisitor guy in Ahsoka. I forgot about that. That's right. Um, but yeah, these white Imperial Mandos show up and just start fighting them in the forge. Um, how did they know they were there? Mm. Who tipped them off? Where did they get the armor? Who makes armor, who f- Dave? forges? What is happening? So anyway... <laughs> They start fighting, and Paz is like, Axe Wolf, there's a there's a hole in the ceiling. Go! Yeah. <laughs> get reinforcements. He's like, yeah, I'll go to... I'll get to the ship and get reinforcements. And I'm like, how? It's in the <laughs> outer atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. He's just got his tiny jetpack, but he can freaking leave the planet if he wants to. Axe Wolves with the backup fuel system. Well, he left, and I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so Paz covers him. They kind of press forward, but they get to a point where they get bottlenecked, and yeah, then they, they get shut off, and they, this is the end of the episode. Yeah, they walk into an Imperial base. So oh, that's no. what's been going on. Mm. The uh, Moff Gideon set up a whole entire operation in Mandalore. Yeah. You see all the TIE fighters. You see... Gideon drops in with his new armor. Gideon's got some sick armor. He's a dark trooper, but also a Mandalorian. Right. It's like a Mando and a dark trooper had a baby. And what's the cool reference with his helmet, David? So his helmet has horns. Uh Uh-oh. Now back up. The armorer's helmet has horns. What? Now back up. (laughs) The armorer has been leading all the Mandalores astray, saying, Mandalore cannot be inhabited we can't go back there mm. we can't live there we're not allowed to go there we're not allowed to go there Uh-oh. oh my gosh the armor is like oh you guys are about to go into that base let me take the wounded up to the atmosphere mm. let me tip I, off the imperials together yo moff gideon you know what he says first thing thanks for bringing all the mandalorians together Bo. now i can eliminate you all <gasps> wait a second Wait a second, Sean. Who told Bo to get all the Mandalorians together? Oh, my god! Who gosh. told Bo to unite all of them, Sean? It was the lady yeah. with the helmet of gold. Wait a second, who Sean. Who didn't want to be, who didn't want to have her, her, her spot as the lady with the helmet on taken. Oh. And so she made Bo take it off. Oh, no. Sean, how? Wait a second. When all the Mandalorians were killed from Navarro, who survived? Uh, in season one. The armor. The armor. Wait a second. Does the armor even have any weapons? No, she's got sickle and hammer like a communist. How how did she survive, Sean? You're with them now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the internet went wild with all these theories that the armor is the other spy. Dang, because it's called spies, plural. Spies. Uh, Or Or. is it axe woves? 
Oh my god! The guy who said, don't worry guys, I'll peace out right now, and I'll go tell them that there's danger. I hope the episode didn't end right there, because I would have a heart attack in, in tension. Well, it almost did. So then, well, <laughs> Moff Gideon... <laughs> he starts monologuing! Moff Gideon starts monologuing. They... But before that... Ah, <laughs> you fools! I had you all fools! They separated Dinger in, <laughs> and they roped him down, and they tied him up. They dragged him off. And they closed the blast door. Yeah, they closed the blast door, which separated Din from right. the, the rest group. of the Mandalorians. Right, right. He was surrounded. So they tied him up which around the neck. It's not like uh, Bo Katan has maybe like a lightsaber in her pocket that could easily cut through that blast door. Right. I digress. So Mando puts up a she fight. She did cut through the blast door, though. She cut through the other one. She didn't help yeah. Din. She turned Guys. around and ran like the coward she is. Sometimes. Sometimes. So yeah, they capture Mando for interrogation. Who knows why? Oh, they man. want to kill all the other Mandos, but not him. I assumed that uh, Moff Gideon really just wanted to like make it personal. Yeah, really personally do something, execute him. That's okay. what I assumed. Yeah, I gotcha. That makes more sense then. <laughs> but who else is behind the blast door watching all this in horror? He's small uh, and green. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I was about to be like, uh, all of them? Yeah, there's like a lot of Mandalorians. Austin. <laughs> it's hard to tell. They're all wearing helmets. I don't know how like shocked and emotional it is for any of them. Yeah, so Grogu sees this. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> they take his dad. My dad. I was thinking Grogu would use the force through the, through the blast door and do something. Through the blast door? Why not? I guess. Palpatine could use the force through the galaxy. There you go, yeah. So I guess <laughs> Luke could green. use the force from one planet to another. Yeah. Grogu can do it. And you know what? The force can do whatever it wants on its own. I'm learning that. They keep pushing the boundary, don't they? Sure. Why not? So anyway, Din's captured. Uh, and then Moff Gideon's like, well, we're going to come through this blast door and kill you now. Yep. And Bo's like, no. <laughs> and just no, no, runs no. backwards and Qui-Gon Jinn's a hole through a blast door. It's a way to do it. Um, she breaks this thing down, has all the Mandalors escape and retreat. But someone stayed behind. But she looks back and Paz Vizsla is like, no, help me. <laughs> just go. <laughs> She's like, no, you can't. And what does he do? He reshuts the blast door. Got him. So this door has opened like three <laughs> times and closed. They just keep using it, but um, so I'll hold him off. Yeah, he's got his so she's like, gun. you can't, and he's like, like, boom, this. sacrifices himself, and this dude goes all out against these Imperial Mandos. He goes absolute Hamtaro. And he is the chonkiest boy in the fleet. He's so, the chonk leader. Yeah, he's taking shots left and right, but it don't matter. He's got a machine gun. Dude. And what does this remind you of, Sean? Or Austin? Come Sean over here. No. Hi. Uh, I don't know. Well, I just watched it. So Clone Wars, there's an episode of oh. a clone staying back to fight off. Um, heavy. Heavy. That's his yeah. name. That's season one. It is. So R.I.P. Heavy. Yeah, a lot of symbolism Rest there. That's peace. Dave Filoni's. Uh, move right there, I guess. Yeah, it's one of his calling cards. But I, I think it's also just a, a simple writing technique. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sacrifice. Only Dave Filoni would have thought of that. I'm sorry, so you're right. Paz goes like one versus a hundred and kills all a hundred. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. I thought it would be one of those things of like, okay, the guy decides he's gonna 
be a hero, but he'll kill like three or four of them, and right. then yeah. he goes down. No, he kills. He actually, it, it's like, it was like it was like him versus a hundred. It's like okay, well, this will be like five seconds, but it was actually close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he took out all the white guys. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and then those dang red guys came in. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the sick Praetorian so, Guard entrance. Yeah, at this point, it's like you have this sense of like... Uh, he this, made it. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> this stoic... <laughs> it would be like, yay! I did well, it. Well, well, all right. All right. Well, let me get out of here and I'll, I'll find the others. Uh, so these three... Praetorian guards walk out mm. and I'm like, oh shoot, those are the guys from uh last Jedi. the sequel movies. Yeah, Last Jedi. I like their helmets better though. And what what do Praetorian guards do, Oss? They protect. They die. Who do they protect? Oh. The emperors. Yeah, oh, yeah they're yeah, royal yeah. guards. <laughs> they're the best of the best. Right, right. So they're I'm like, oh yes. Palpatine. They're this the best is it. of the best. Mm, this was the buildup. They're right. protecting Palpatine's operation of cloning uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. No. So then we get to the finale. What is this all building to? <laughs> well, no, because Moff Gideon specifically requested that. I missed that. And the hologram guy's like, oh, are you anticipating an assassination attempt? Do you want Praetorian guards? And uh, yeah, it's a good thing he had them. Yes, I'm always anticipating. I was, you remember how like I was captured by the Republic and they were going to, I don't know, put me on trial, probably put me to death. Right. I just want some extra protection so it doesn't happen again, you know? Well, the, the brutal thing about that whole thing is that whole Paz uh, standoff at the end is he won. And if Bo Katan and Co. would have still been there, they could have easily helped him. But they were already gone. Right. Like then they, they didn't. He didn't even anticipate that he would be able to kill everybody. <laughs> like, oh my, like I'll just hold him off. Oh my god! I killed, oh my gosh! They're I'm all dead. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> kill Tackler. Uh, it was a Kilimanjaro by far. But then, like the crazy thing about it is, and I saw somebody kind of playing the two scenes from the Last Jedi next to Paz's standoff with the Praetorian guards, and um, it kind of shows off like their skill because he literally at this point he's ill-equipped to fight them he doesn't have his heavy gun he's literally just got like his knife and they literally just kill him right away like yeah. it's not much of a fight at all which was sweet that's was how nice the praetorian to... guard yeah. should be exactly it was Be nice to see those guys not instantly lose the first time they do anything yeah i i think that feloni's job was to make the praetorian guards look better kill favreau than... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh r.i.p because in peace it was favreau the in voice the, actor. It was he's in the suit. What happened to uh Paz Vizsla? Did, did they kick his body off the cliff or something like that? Or no. No, he was just he just slumped over. Yeah, I think so. He okay. just got stabbed multiple times in the neck. Well that'll Which do, will it. do it. Yeah. <laughs> um well we're saying all of this and there's so much more I want to say because say we it. haven't I can't. We haven't talked about the finale yet. Well, well that's the end of the episode. Surely we're gonna find out who the Buys two number one, number second is yeah. So that's the recap of the season going into the finale, right? Boom. Now let's talk about all the buildup we just talked about, right? Where is this going, right? Season finale drops today. So first of all, rating. Okay. Um. Well, no. Let's <laughs> rate at the end. Well, here's what I'll say on IMDb. That the spies episode was a nine point one out of ten. It was like the third highest rated Mandalorian episode. And I, I thought it was a really, yeah. really good. Tons of action, really, really nice visuals, good storyline, epic death at the end for a hero. Yeah, that was quite the great episode. I liked out. the the spies episode more than I liked the finale episode. Yeah, it wasn't very good, but go ahead. Uh, wow. And uh, it was right. <laughs> and then uh, 
Uh, what was I going to say? Oh. I disarmed you. Every single season finale thus far, yeah. Din has had his helmet either taken off or he's taken it off. Take every it single off. one. So leading, we're there's had, only been other. There's two other finales. Every single finale. <laughs> yeah, but he takes three to make a pattern. You know. Right. right, right, right. So at this point, it was just a coincidence. Set up reminder. Payoff. Yeah. Sean taught me about that. Um. So leading into this, it's like Moff Gideon just took Din Jarin, Din Jarin, <laughs> Din Jarin, and like he's for sure going to take his helmet off like he's going to try to interrogate him he's going to kill him um well the whole theme of this season i thought for sure was like mandalore this is coming to a new age right they were given a home on navarro it's like their culture is back i thought for sure it was going to be like all right mandalorians remove your helmets it's time the world sees who we are Mm. or something like that. i don't know i thought that's where it was going right because then we can see who the armor is. We can see. Right. But then after all this, it's like the armor just pieced out. And we, like we were saying, like, we don't really know who she is. And all these questions show up like she's got the same helmet. How did she survive? Yeah, she's, she's got the horns. Which, she's the one that brought them all together. We didn't go into uh, Moff Gideon's uh, Mando outfit. Mm-hmm. Legit. Right. I thought he looked awesome. Right. I did not, however, like the hy- hydraulic audio effects every yeah, it was like second. it was like an exoskeleton not yeah, just armor right it, it was like oh i thought you were gonna be more of a mando than a dark trooper but well they're showing how like how he can overpower you that being said he's a cheater is what he is yeah he is in this episode did they say i can't remember did they say this is an improvement on his dark trooper yeah because okay so what i take from that is luke came in and sliced them all apart right so now it is m- Mended with Beskar alloy. Where yeah, were the first Dark Troopers? Did they have Beskar? I don't think so. Armor? It, they definitely withstood blaster bolts, but, but not the lightsaber. But yeah, right. but so that's what I'm getting. But Mando at. could beat them with his Beskar spear right. as well. That's right. So now this is an improvement. In other words, a lightsaber is not gonna right. stab him. You know? Yeah. So. Oh anyway. man! If only Darth Vader was this smart. Um, so yeah, that, and it's like, okay, we're on Mandalore right now. We know that the Mythosaur is somewhere down in the depths. Yeah. Do we get some Mythosaur action? And we know that they, the, the Bo, Bay Katan and her, and her, her scoundrels have gotten away. Yeah. And where are they going to go? I, they got to go somewhere. Where down they gonna go, into the mines to oh, get the Mythosaur. ride them. Get mother. all those flying crocodiles to yeah. help. Get them all. And the, the ape men. Yeah. yeah, all of them. <laughs> um, at least the ones that aren't dead. So that was like my mindset leading into this. We get, might get some Mythosaur action. We might get a helmet removal from Din. Right. We are going to get a Moff Gideon standoff with Grogu. What's going to happen, Sean? It's going to be like uh, it, hope is lost. And then suddenly you're going to hear on your left. <laughs> And it's going to be and like the, the whole galaxy. <laughs> it's going to be the whole galaxy. <laughs> For Mandalore. Everybody. This is the way. Um, but I don't, we didn't really get any of that, did we? Did? Oh my comes gosh. in with his rancor. <laughs> <laughs> Flying on his rancor. This doesn't make any the sense. The rancor has a jetpack. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's strapped to the bottom of the slave one. So, yeah, people thought Boba would show up in this, which I never no, thought. No, I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, so, anyway. Bo-Katan is running with her people. Um, this was a very fast pace. Very episode. fast episode, yeah. 30 minutes long, that's it. Yeah. Give me more. Right. Come on. I think an hour is What like, is this, Nickelodeon? 
I, I will say that the internet ruined this finale for me. Yeah. I got caught up in the theories. Yeah. Guess I wanted what? it to be more complex than it was. Yeah. It was a pretty straightforward episode. I'm sorry. Um, so it leads Just off. Just stay off the internet. Bo-Katan's running. Mando is still trapped. But just like in our favorite movie ever, Ant-Man, he somehow is tied up being <laughs> escorted by two guards. And it's like a trivial thing to beat them up. And he somehow... <laughs> no, I think it was that. a lot better than that. It was better he than that. But as soon as, it, as soon as it happened, I thought this is unacceptable as soon as i saw it i thought sean loves this scene (laughs) i actually loved it i thought it wasn't like anything else it wasn't cheesy it was done well but just the the idea of you are tied up and you are somehow going to defeat the two guards who are well armed who are taking you away it's kind of a little bit uh, the fight, much. the fight choreography. I rewatched the fight scene's fine. Yeah. You're right, Dave. It, it is. It's a cool sequence, but I do feel so bad because I, I can only think about what it took away from me. I felt like Mandalorian needed to like be thrown in a cell or be brought to Moff Gideon and have to like, like that's where they have the monologue or something. Right. But like he, they didn't put Mandalorian through like the crucible, but he just like fought them and. He almost, them, sure. almost was defeated though. Almost, and then our boy Grogu shows up. See, no, I, no, no. I no. would have appreciated it better if he was just being taken away, and then you see Grogu fly around the corner like full speed yeah. running, and then like knock into the guard. So we didn't mention just very quickly in ten seconds, they took IG 11s body right and restructured it so that Grogu could control his body. Right. So that's how Grogu gets around. Grogu takes a back seat this whole season. Mm-hmm. He's now in IG twelve. They called it like a metal right? seat. And he's he's got joysticks to control it, and he's got two buttons. One says yes, one says no. That's all you need. And he steps up. No, 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 no. And he knocks out the guard, and then Mando gets away. And then they, as a pair, are start. They start looking for Moff Gideon. He calls up our boy R five. Says R five, I need you down here to give me the schematics of this base. R five freaking rises to the occasion and gets it done. Taps off to R five. Taps off. Redemption, Sean. Bad motivator? <laughs> Not in this episode. More like highly motivated. Hell yeah. <laughs> so anyway. So yeah, R5 gets into schematics. Now this is probably my favorite scene in the whole season. Uh-oh. Mando gets a mother fudging hallway scene. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> With the ray shields. I didn't understand why those guards were like... I thought at first they were robots. They yeah, were just, just not, like awkwardly standing there. They're like, they're like just moving. turned off. Yeah. And then like once the ratio gets down, it's like, huh? Oh, what? what? <laughs> that was a cool scene, though. Yeah. I love just how the they incorporate. R5 first door. Go. Right. He he goes, I don't have any weapons, Grogu. So I need this you to be brave. This is going to get messy. Yeah. But he's like, no weapons. I got about five shields to get through. It was an amazing uh, use of scenery because there's just these abyss holes in the ground that he's like stabbing the guys and kicking them down the abyss i love the first one though because all he has is a knife right and then other guy's got a gun he throws the knife into his neck the guy falls back into the abyss so yeah that's that's the last guy he he fights two guys it was the first guy he like he like tried to reach him i'm saying right the first two guys first two guys he fights with no weapons right he beats him he takes the first one's knife uses it 
stabs the first guy, and then throws the knife into the other guy's neck. Yeah. And then the guy falls into the abyss, and he tries to grab the knife real quick because he doesn't gun. have a gun. He tries to reach for the guy's gun, and he, he can't reach it, and the guy falls. Oh, maybe, yeah. R5, next door. Yeah, next door. <laughs> and then this one, they've got like the... Uh, riot shields. Riot shield, uh, what do you call those? Uh, boomsticks. Yeah, boomsticks. <laughs> Electrified boomsticks. Traitor! We see those in the <laughs> first story. Yeah. Yeah. TR8, TR8. TR4, whatever it is. <laughs> Classic. So he fights them. That was legit. Legit. Now he's got a weapon. Yep. Next phase, fights some more guys. Yeah. Um, it was it was just such a sweet build up. It reminded me of like literally Fortnite. Like you land, you get your gun, <laughs> you fight a hundred people. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, that scene was awesome. It was yeah. a hallway scene and he had nothing. Sweet hallway scene. He had scene. to work his way up. That was, uh, the scenery made it so cool. Yeah. Because it was just two guys, which again, like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's the beauty of it. It was really cool. Like why would they be segmented two at a time with literally a pit next to him? Cause it's just cool. Like there's that guy talking about sure. the, the scenery of a new hope. It's like, why would the race or why would the, the tractor beam controls be over this precarious <laughs> abyss? Yeah. Cause it's cool. Cause it's cool. <laughs> like not? it doesn't have to be practical. Hey, so you see those new, uh, sky hoppers, uh, <laughs> they're in the background talking. Um, I, ju- I wrote down some notes because at this point, we get axe woves flying up into the stratosphere to go warn everybody. Which was at the moment I felt like they jumped the shark a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm like, guys, you're telling me these these dudes can just jetpack into low Earth orbit? Right. At will? Right. Come on. So he gets through the storm. He loses communication with Bo, but then he gains communication with the ship. And after reading all these internet theories, I'm just waiting for like the betrayal to happen or the trail, the spy to show themselves. So Axe Woves, he comes up. He's like, oh, we're being attacked. He says, send send all available troops down as reinforcements. Bo-Katan needs our help. I'll take care of the cruiser. Everyone go. And I'm thinking, you'll take care of the cruiser. Everybody go. Okay, Axe. But then... um, And where's the armor when this is happening? Where's the armor? Oh, my gosh. But then guess what? He took care of the cruiser. And uh, yeah, he like helped, guess he what? held totally the tie fighters off and the totally armor rocked. was helping everyone. <laughs> totally saved everybody. And yeah, armor is with the crew fighting. Uh, but that's I, what they want you to think. Oh, what's gonna happen next though? So Axe is definitely not the spy. What's the armor gonna do? Uh, I love that visual though of when all the Mandalorian ships dive into like the storm atmosphere. And then and they land inside of there. Well, they like it's as soon as they get into the clouds and like yeah, yeah, yeah. out of sight. All the TIE fighters emerged. Like, they just missed each other. I thought that was a really cool visual. That was cool. I felt like that Axe Wolves thing missed one critical component, which was, like, it's possible for that to happen, but it's not, not, like, probable. Sure. So I was, like, a little frustrated because I was, like... You know the way to the way to like solve this the get out of jail free card for something ridiculous in a show like that would be if he's like on his way there he lost communication with the ground team after he went through the clouds right there's like the static reinforcements you know like so oh no he's cut off so then he gets out of the clouds and now he's trying to communicate with the people on the ship and I was like thinking well what if he was like limited air 
Right. I'll get there. <laughs> Open the shuttle door. And then the jetpack <laughs> starts sputtering Yeah, something out. like that. And right. then, like, it's, like, kind of, like, this desperate act. Right. And he comes out, like, frozen and, like, right. huffing and puffing. And then he, like, gets inside the, the control room and they're, like... Did you just jet all the way from the surface? <laughs> yeah, it was an emergency. Let's shut up and go help. Shut them. up and get out of here. Go, go, go. I will take the ship. Because then I would have been like, dude, Axe is the new coolest character in Star Wars. I mean, he freaking has died. Yeah, he freaking stepped up to the plate. I was waiting for him to betray everybody, but he didn't. <laughs> this is a good job. Like good Han job. from uh, Frozen. Shout out to Axe. Shout out to Axe. Yeah, um, it's a good book. Okay. So after Mando gets through his hallway scene, he gets into that room with all the clones. Yeah, so this these beams in this hallway are like very uh high security. So it's like what's behind this? Very beam. Where is he headed? Mm. And we get this room full of tanks, like mm. eight tanks, eight or 10. There's like 16 of them. And it's like, "Oh count. my gosh, this is the scene from Bad Batch. This is where the Bad Batch was made." Oh no. What is he make? Are the Bad Batch clones in there? Wow, I did. Is not that think the that end of all. Bad Batch, where they they wipe their minds and reprogram them to become agents of? Oh my god! Or better yet, is this Pelp? Is this Palpatine? Is this it? I can't see those faces yeah, in they, the tanks. You definitely, I feel like they were meant to make you think that they were clones of Snoke. I I as also they progressed from tank to tank. Yeah. I also saw a theory that Moff Gideon was Snoke. Or at least a horribly gone wrong right, clone. Exactly. Um, that's not put, true, though. Somebody hit him, hit him in the head with <laughs> well, a shovel. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is all this buildup? Yeah. Oh my gosh, what's in the tanks? And my mind went crazy. Are there? There's the one episode of Bad Batch where there is an assassin clone that Rex takes out, and he mm. takes off his helmet, and it's a clone. And he's like, "What? You have no markings. What mm. are you?" And then he just like bites his tooth or whatever, and it triggers that. Yeah. Cyanide so I'm like, okay, obviously there something's going on with that where but they're, you've they're also, making assassins. You've also got the Kenobi show where they've got their hall of dead Jedis. Yeah. It's like, whoa, are they cloning these Jedi? Something crazy's going on My here, mind's man. going crazy. It's like I'm a like, horror film. Here we go. Show me the face. I even paused to see if I could see the face better. Right. And I can't. Press play. The, oh, don't worry, Dave. They figured that out for you in yeah, like 10 seconds. About three more seconds. Grogu walks up to a tank and it's freaking Moff Gideon's clones. Mm-hmm. He's been cloning himself. Yeah. And then in a weird. Pretty narcissistic, if you ask me. Pretty weird. In a weird series of events, the Moff Gideon clone just opens his eyes. <laughs> Jump scare. And uh, scared me. It is ironic because it's like, you know, no offense to the wonderful actor Giancarlo Esposito, but it's like. I think you could find somebody better to build your army off of than you. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're no spring chicken, no offense. So then, what I don't understand is, why does the control panel have a self-destruct button where Mando just blows up every single time? He just tank? knows where it's and at. And by the way, I, th- I, don't, I don't remember counting it out loud, but I think he figured out how to destroy them to them, them being destroyed in 10 seconds. Right. And I, at first, I didn't realize they were destroyed. I was thinking, like, did he just release them? Because it's just their tanks exploding, like, open. I thought they were opening up. That's what I thought, To come and fight them. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Dang, it's like that scene in Resident Evil 3 remake, which you guys haven't played. Ten seconds later, we found out Moff Gideon's like, you killed all my clones. My clones were almost... 
perfect. <laughs> He's monologuing again. You, it's like, bro, you, well, you, didn't, you didn't even try to like protect them. I don't right. know. Like, you destroyed them before they could take their first. Why breath. did you have a very obvious button that said "destroy all pods" that I clearly smashed? I was trying to fill my <laughs> army with the one thing I didn't have. Beat, beat, beat. The Force! <laughs> Which I said, out loud, I said, the Force. Yeah. The Force! The thing is, though, they did do a good job of just tying up all those loose ends of, like, why did he have that cloning doctor? What did he want with Grogu? Yeah, but I thought it was heading for the bigger picture of Palpatine comes back in the sequels. But then again, it, it fla you flash back to that scene with him in the council, and you clearly see now that Moff Gideon is just like this rogue agent who is clearly out for just himself, and he wants to be the next emperor. He doesn't give a dang about what else is going on with these empire remnants. It's like, he will become the next one. Sure. Sure. Except, Why not? Except not, because then he fights. You know, you know what's nice about Palpatine? What? He's dead. <laughs> and you know what's nice about Thrawn? He gone. Mm. So who's going to fill that power vacuum? Somebody's got to. Why not me? Why not and me? you know what's even better than me, Moff Gideon? More of me. <laughs> With the Force. With the Force. Which, how is that, like, that going to work? In well, Dark no, Trooper I, armor. I liked it because that's what I liked about Avatar 2. Oh my gosh. Is the Water. bad guy comes back as a clone. And it was like... Oh, this is a cool dynamic. I don't. I feel like I haven't seen this before. There you go. Sure. There you go. That's right. He could just like make himself essentially immortal. Right. Oh my gosh. This is the way. This <laughs> is the way. <laughs> so um, yeah, when I saw all these clones, I was like, oh shoot, that's that's cool. Yeah. And then in before I could even finish that sentence, that two word sentence of that's cool, they were destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never see that again. <laughs> yeah, that was So again, another example of like, you know, it's such a it's kind of such a poorly executed like moment that you almost wish they just like said it out loud. Like like uh Mando being like uh I don't know what I'm just gonna kill these things. <laughs> I don't have time to think about right. this. Right. Yeah. So then right after the big reveal, right after the, he monologues, he monologues like the eighth time in this show, uh, we get probably the coolest scene in like this season is Bo-Katan leading all of the Mandalorians with their jetpacks through the air with the Darksaber into battle with the armor who is clearly not bad, <laughs> <laughs> who's clearly on the right team. Uh, but she's just waiting for the perfect moment. To here's what here's what I loved about that whole scene is like you see the complete mayhem that is a jetpack battle. Like, how the heck are you even supposed to find anybody? It's just pure chaos. Can you guys imagine that just that scene of all the Mandalorians flying together with her with the Darksaber? Can you imagine just seeing that clip 10 years ago? Oh, man. Dang. Would have been like, I would have pooped my pants. Yeah. That was, I, that was a cool, cool battle. I mean, sequence. that, and part of the whole like armor, uh, theory was like she literally just has a hammer and a sickle how is she getting around like how is she still alive but then you see her in this scene by seizing the means of production well there's that and usurping the capitalists well yeah but also the bourgeois in the chaos of a jetpack scene yes. you literally just need a hammer it's true <laughs> like, like what's what good is you, like shooting how, when yeah. you can't even it's like impossible to hit anything right like she's just going around Pewing people. Thinking about. <laughs> she starts pewing people <laughs> with a hammer. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about it, if you're if you're flying that fast and you're hitting someone, 
You don't even have to swing. You just have to hold it out. Right. <laughs> but but she you, does swing. And how she do you can... hold on to it, though? She's got those Which man I thought it, hands. I thought it was awesome. I will say... Those strong hands that have been forging armor for decades. I will say there were some parts that I thought, like, it looked odd. It looked like Ant-Man CGI. Of, I like, them it. flying in and, like... I, I don't liked know. It, I it don't was know. great, though. It, it is... Well, it, it, it like Austin said, it suffers from the problem of being, like, maybe too chaotic for the audience to really appreciate what's right. happening. Right. Because you only see, like... You see Bo-Katan literally thrust the saber through three or four guys. You see the armor kill people with the hammer. Right. And then you see the lady with, like, the knee rockets. I love the one where she <laughs> fell down, slid across the platform, dropped, and then, like, jetpacked. And waited for them to come down to chase her, and then she just like lit them up. She lit them up, and then she knee rocketed them. Pew pew pew. Which is something that Bo- uh, Boba Fett did in his show, and we roasted him mercilessly <laughs> for. Why does he have a knee rocket? Who needs a knee rocket? But when this chick did it, it was pretty cool. I thought it was a sweet scene. That yeah. whole war scene was awesome. That was That's- really really cool. But I think I, I I think I miss I I think that it was cool. I I think the first time I watched the episode, I was like distracted by. At that point, by because it, like you said, it came just after Moff Gideon gave you the extra steps of his plan. Right. It's like I didn't get everything else the first time. Here's everything <laughs> else I was going to try to do. I, I need somebody to know this. <laughs> and I thought, like you know, Moff Gideon used to be like a very scary villain. Like seemed like the smartest guy in the room. Right. And now he's like a little silly. Ah. Oh. Why do you think that is? <laughs> Because there's a spy. Or is it because He's it's not spy. actually him? <gasps> Take it oh back. Oh my gosh. It's a clone. Oh, an NPC. Oh my gosh. That's why he was so different. Check the mustaches. The hairstyle is different. <laughs> I can't. Different. He had a helmet on. The hair is different. The hair is different. Yo. It, it, it could just be because the actor himself is a little older. Do but you think he's a different. clone? I mean, because it set up that idea. He made clones of himself, uh, but then he said, "Before they could take their first breath, you killed them." I will say that the his his demise came a lot quicker than I thought it would. Sean's writing it down. We need to look into that. He's texting his resources, his sources in the biz. Um, what but did yeah, Dave Filoni do? Mando so? and him have a, a fight sequence, and he is clearly overpowered. Yeah, Mo- getting, Moff Gideon is he's getting draxed. No, 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 Mando's getting draxed. That's what I meant. Moff Gideon is hydraulicked out in a basically a dark trooper Mando outfit. Yep, just overpowering him. And then it's like, oh no, what what could make this situation even worse? Nothing, Sean, nothing. Well, then the three Praetorian guards come out of nowhere, and then it's like, uh uh-oh, Grogu's in trouble. Because Grogu says, no, 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 and then the Praetorian guards just start going towards Grogu. We hate that word. <laughs> you should have used the other one. I actually thought that scene was awesome when Mando is getting lit up. He's about to die. Right. And Grogu runs in and says, no, no. And then the guards look to him. I was like, oh, shoot. Here we go. I said out so, loud. Oh, shit. So when they turn to go to Grogu and Mando gets up to go and help Grogu. Yeah. And Moff just wrist rockets him in the back. <laughs> and then he cables him. Yeah. yeah. And then cables his throat. I thought that was great. Yeah. I loved it. So then we see some Grogu action. He's hopping around like the frog he is. <laughs> jumping on the light fixture. Which is that, true. Honestly, I thought it was a little weird. but. And then Bo-Katan flies in and just... Yeah, how... 
how convenient that they're fighting in this giant, like, giant hangar where the war is happening above right. them, which you didn't realize Very while they were fighting. I also kept feeling like, isn't this the exact same place we were at at the end of the last episode? Like, right. Just, I was like, is Paz's body going to just be somewhere over here? <laughs> uh, yeah, theoretically, because they just did a giant loop around and apparently it's all just one big hangar. I didn't, I, I thought they were in like a whole separate room. They were not. They weren't. So then Bo-Katan comes in, saves the day, says, go save your son. And then she fights Moff Gideon. Which is funny. They have all that security with the beams and stuff. Right. Which leads to a room that's just wide open. <laughs> Anybody can come in. <laughs> yeah. I did feel like it was interesting because I was reminded like Mando, after beating up the two guards that were, had him, you know, tied up. He says to Grogu, like, okay, I need you to be brave right now. Uh, you know, we've got to stop Moff Gideon. If we don't stop him, this is never going to end or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, you got to go find Moff Gideon. But then in hindsight, I'm like, weren't those troopers probably just going to take him to him anyway? True. Like, I feel like this is, if anything, I guess the detour to the clone room was probably worth it. Mm, yeah. But it's weird that and it was the one thing scene. between him and Moff Gideon was this clone room. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were going to take him through it anyway. Oh, well. But then it wouldn't have had that dramatic jump scare. Fine. Um, I'll do it myself. <laughs> so then Mando hops in to the room to save Grogu from the Praetorian Guards. I really like that fight scene. Rewatching it, I like it. I love Mando's use of like shooting people in the ankles. Like, oh, you've got a riot shield? Watch this. <laughs> and then once they're down, putting the blaster up their helmet and shooting them in the head. Yeah, he... Uh Oh, where'd your kneecap go, buddy? <laughs> oh, no, now your back's going to hurt. <laughs> well, it's true because it's like when something has like that strong of armor, you just got to figure out a way to like, yeah, just get in there. It's very savvy. Uh, the way he, def him and Grogu, Grogu's using the force. He's pushing guys down. Which he wasn't OP. It wasn't like no. Grogu was just like. He didn't lift them all up right. in the air and snap their necks. Right, exactly. Which I kind of wish he would have. But he was just pushing he, guys over, moving he did weapons. His absolute best. That's what a Jedi does. It was like He's such a Jedi. such a small thing that he could do, but it was just done at the right time right. to help Mando. I thought that was really cool. As soon as Mando was pinned down and the third one was coming in, pushes the third one over. I thought it was a little bit. I thought it was mildly funny though because he, when he'd use the force to push them, they didn't like slam against the wall. It almost like just like somebody just like shoved them. Yeah, one domino. So it was over. like yeah, it was just like this kind of annoying. It was like it wasn't like devastating in the combat. It was just like annoying. Like I'm about to oh, turn it. <laughs> yeah, I like. I thought it was a perfect use of his power. Like that's what he would be capable of. Right, now. right. I like that. Yeah. It's like when you spam the dodge button in a video game. Yeah, they can't ever hit you. Or like when you are the Jedi in the game, but you're at the very end of your power meter. Yes, you <laughs> can't throw the guy and just <laughs> to push him over. Right. You're just like dry forcing. <laughs> so then we see Bo-Katan finishing her fight with Moff Gideon. Yeah, she says, "Go save your kid, Mando," and that's when he goes. But I got this. But she didn't have it. She didn't and I'm like, it. "Oh, this is it. She's gonna earn her keep." She's got the dark saber, but now it's time to actually fight someone and like earn your right your spot. She's gonna earn, cut that guy's head off. Yeah, earn your saber, earn the dark saber, like have your full circle moment. Right. Um, <laughs> and Gideon owns her. Freaking owns <laughs> and her. there is a part. I want you to go back and find this. There's a part she swings her dark saber into his neck where there's no armor and yeah. it just bounces off and Dang. I thought that's not right that's the one spot she shouldn't have hit Dang. I felt like I felt like uh, Moff Gideon couldn't help himself because he still had to just keep talking 
Right. Give me the dark saber. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> We're fighting to the death. He starts monologuing again. Classic Moff. Uh, but then what's the big uh, oopsie daisy, David? So yeah, Moff destroys Bo, and then uh, she goes to slice him and dice him, and he catches her hand mm. with the dark saber in it and just crushes the dark saber. <gasps> Dang that! Oh, was so easy. all oh, of that buildup. <laughs> How old is that, that thing? Freaking build up. <laughs> like seven million years old. Hey, well, no, I, I well nobody's ever thought about just like using and as someone, robotic arms. As to someone who just it. spent $200 on the Darksaber, oh, screw no, you, dude. <laughs> you should have brought it today. You still got it. You could dude. probably buy the broken version now. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, I'm going to go break it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right, Sean. They will sell the broken, crumpled dark saber as a as a prop. Yeah, just like you could buy the Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru like disintegrated <laughs> skeleton uh, action figure. <laughs> yeah. I don't, maybe not. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> it's <though>. really dark. <laughs> I hope so. Somebody find that for us, Sean, for his birthday next year. My birthday. Do you have a birthday? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's any it's minute now, right? Um, yeah, it's coming up. So Bo-Katan is losing, but Mando comes back. What does Moff Gideon say to her? Mandalorians are weak when they lose their trinkets or something like that. Yeah. The, and she says, no. Mandalorians are stronger when they're together or something like that. Mando comes in from behind. Oh, pew, and pew, just, pew, 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 pew. He starts pewing pew, pew. people. Starts pewing Moff. Gets him. Uh, and he he shoots him. I don't know what kind of blast. Remember he how has. I said this is exactly what I thought the end of Boba Fett would have been yeah. when he was fighting Cad Bane and he kept talking about how you're weak and you're all alone. Right. I'm like, well, yeah. Then all of his friends and allies, he's built up this entire season. They come in and help him. Right. So it was like, well, Bo's in trouble, but you know, Mando came in. Right. But I was like, well, where's the rest of them? <laughs> yeah, where's the other 900 that are flying around in the sky? I mean, Grogu could probably help, too. <laughs> it's like, help. No, they evacuated. Oh, that's right, because oh. something bad was about to go down. Our boy Literally. Axe. <laughs> Literally. Axe, with the hero move, brings the flaming ship down into the hangar. It's like, I'm going to crash it. Everybody get out. Pulls a, pulls a holdo maneuver. <laughs> oh, the holdo maneuver. <laughs> and what a refreshing thing for once in, a, in anything media to see someone do the smart thing and escape right yeah the the, the doomed vehicle right. that he's going to use to blow up the base instead of staying and dying yeah that taps off to he act. like just shot the window out and he's like yoink i have a jetpack with infinite fuel i can escape i don't have to die <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a good job well done and uh so he crashes everybody Everybody dies essentially. They they shoot Moff Gideon back. Doesn't Grogu like push his weapon away? Yeah, yeah. But he had he had like a he had a bark staff. It wasn't exactly the same as uh, General Grievous's guards used, but Mm -hmm. something Magna guards. Yeah, something similar to that. Uh, So Moff Gideon gets shot back, shot back. He's in the back of the hangar. The ship comes down, fiery furnace. Boom! Moff Gideon dies Ah! in a fiery explosion as the Star Cruiser impacts Bo-Katan's without her helmet Mando's there fire's coming and I thought right at this moment would have been a perfect time to cut back to Dr. Pershing and see what he's up to (laughs) (laughs) 
But they didn't do his that. His mind is wiped, so he's like learning to talk again. He's <laughs> doing his ABCs. <laughs> that would have been quite the transition. I would have definitely been in favor of that. They didn't do that, though. Uh, so then this fiery ball is coming at Mando and Bo, and who steps in to save the day? Not the Mythosaur. Not like the I said. <laughs> not the Mythosaur and none of the spies. It was Grogu. He creates this force bubble around them that protects them from the flames. One could say a force field. Uh, no, yeah. that makes no sense. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Very Kanan-esque. Force bubble. Yeah. Shout out to Kanan. RIP in peace. The greatest death in Star Wars. Yeah. And I was saying the, in a recent episode, Mandalor- uh, Dave Filoni knows how to kill a character. The music, the drama, the emotion. Who did he kill recently? Paz. Tech. Tech. That's what I was talking about. The Bad Batch season finale. Well, I can't wait to see how he kills Ahsoka in her show. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He never would. He's just going to have him, his character, who he like cameos as, like holding her in his arms. No, right. He literally like... So he gets to kiss Rosario Dawson. He saves Ahsoka's life by time traveling in Star Wars. Yeah. He has no bounds for Ahsoka. <laughs> he introduces time travel to save her. I can't wait for Jedi Tales Season 2 where it's just nothing but Ahsoka content. Right Somebody was like, what do you want to see in Jedi Tales Season 2? And someone's like... I want to see when Plo Koon uh, found Ahsoka and how he brought her into the Jedi Art. I'm like, no, stop. We didn't have Wasn't well. that in the first season? It, it was uh, kind of, but very brief. There just, were, yeah, there was also some flashbacks in uh, even in Clone Wars of like him with her. And uh, no, we don't need any more of that. I think it's starting to get a little inappropriate. The obsession Dave Filoni has with Ahsoka. Yeah, you've been saying that for a while. And I think you're right. And now I feel like it's bleeding into the fans' obsession. Uh, yeah, that's accurate. I'm a little worn out, though. So anyway, that ends. Moff Gideon's dead. Mandalore seems to be is super dead. dead. Super uh, dead, I'd say. One of the Moff Gideons is dead. The Moff Gideon in the Mando suit went up in flames, but all his clones went up in water. Do you think they offset? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Probably I honestly... Not. I don't think... <laughs> That's the end of him. I think something it, with the clones. Something. It was a very abrupt end. But I then again, that, I thought a lot of things about this season and nothing happened. Yeah, so that's, that's true. So let's rate it because I just want to come out and say this season was a letdown. This it sucked. <laughs> I did not like it. I oh didn't gosh. mind this season, but this finale was definitely ranked third out of all the season finales. I would say the uh, the finale season two was the best with Luke. Yeah, and then season one finale with IG Eleven sacrificing himself so they could get out of there and then the reveal of the dark saber with moff gideon uh that was definitely better than this season finale yeah but again the internet ruined it for me because they hyped up all these theories so much that i bought into i was like oh my gosh the armor is for sure betraying everybody do you think they just made a mistake and it was always supposed to be the spy but they like it was a typo spies they didn't tell the graphic design guy probably Disney's. Oh, and or they had us. They had another one, but they had to like cut it for time because, like, you guys, we got to get this. This is 32 minutes already. Like, we can't. <laughs> it's way too long. The episode was called The Return. So it pops up right in the beginning, episode 24, The Return. I immediately think of the Jedi, I, of the King. <laughs> I immediately think Mythosaur. Yeah. I thought we were going to get I a I thought mythosaur. that's where this was going, but. No, let's let's finish it out. Yeah. So Mandalore is reclaimed by the Mandalorians. Um, 
They relight the forge. Forge, great yeah. forge. Um, they give Ragnar a proper baptism. Yeah, Ragnar gets his baptism. And then Mando steps up with Grogu and says, I want him baptized. Um, I want him indoctrinated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this cult that literally has us still wearing our helmets even though we're home. And then in a weird dialogue I didn't know where it was going that was the weirdest thing to me I paused thank it. you thank I, you I said they're like well you know he his parents have to give permission for him to be an apprentice and I'm like why are you, what are you talking about right. Right. and then he's like well then I'll adopt him as my son and I'm like you did this isn't right. this right. hasn't been a problem this is the whole season new. yeah you know what I thought he was gonna say get the paperwork if you're so serious I thought he was gonna say well then I'll go find his parents I did too I thought for sure but instead he adopted him so now he is Din Grogu which is weird that he's not Grogu Jaren <laughs> but apparently last names worked I'll say there. two things that I read that made me realize it's okay is one he's not he he wasn't born on Mandalore, mm. so he was born somewhere else, and maybe surnames work differently. Sure. But the other thing is, Din Grogu is an objectively better name than Grogu Jaren. So, sure. Din Grogu. Din Grogu. Yeah. I like Din Grogu. My son is going to be very interested to know that we, he is no longer just called Grogu. Because, you know, people were calling him Baby Yoda, and Oliver was very uh, serious about making sure he cor- corrected people. Like, it's not Baby Yoda. That was a talk I had with him. Yeah. So now it goes another level of Din Grogu. Don't just call him Grogu, you idiot. He was adopted, don't you know? So he will enforce that heavily. Also, like, Jedi Master Din Grogu sounds like a Star Wars name. Oh, my gosh, Sean. Talk. talk if about they put it. him in the new Jedi Order film. So they, they will. They won't. So that's the one thing. <laughs> they won't. Do they, won't. Uh, <laughs> they literally won't. <laughs> It was in the mines of Mandalore, in the living waters, that they baptized Grogu. Yeah. And he is now his apprentice, Din Djarin's apprentice. But yeah. Grogu looks down in the water mm. and does a little babble. And then it hyperspaces through the water. <laughs> it does that thing from like the end of Titanic where like the camera's zooming through the water. Yeah. Water. Dun, 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 dun. And then all of a sudden, an eye opens up, and it's the Mythosaur. Well, he's still down there. So Grogu and the Mythosaur had a moment together. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that the uh, giant explosion of the ship didn't wake him up. Right. Or like, yeah, any of that other stuff. What the heck you have you been doing down there? So they're foreshadowing. <laughs> quiet. Nothing's gonna happen again. Because <laughs> Bo-Katan and the Mythosaur had a moment. But... And there has not been a confirmation that season four is happening. No, there is. Uh, Don, John Favreau said he's he, he said he's writing, writing it, <gasps> but they never confirmed at Star Wars Celebration, and they've done that every year. Oh no, never confirmed season four. It's so it just feels like a weird like that means on pause. That means that they're waiting for him to finish writing so they can tell him if it's good enough or not. And then, oh yeah, Dave Filoni, you can do a movie now. Okay, I gotta go rewrite season three because... Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they need to take a breath. I think... But I'm okay with that, Sean, because you know what? You know what they didn't do? They did not take a breath when they were writing episodes seven, eight, nine of Star Wars. And then they freaking screwed up the story. It's true. So you know what? Take a breath. Figure out the storyline. Figure out what the movie's gonna be. Figure out where the Ahsoka show ends and how it all ties in. Because darn it, you got one shot of making this work. So do it, felonious. With all due respect to John Favreau, there are parts of, uh, especially the finale, that felt like, um, like an outline. 
Mm. Of like, okay, uh, Mando is captured in this hallway. He beats up the guards. Okay, uh, they are looking for Moff Gideon. They find more guards. Um, okay, they uh, they run through the cloning lab. They blow up the clones. Uh, then he finds Moff Gideon, and uh, they fight. Right. And then uh, 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 Bo-Katan, we need her in the finale. Uh, she fights Moff Gideon. So I don't know. It just felt like a little bit of like rushed writing, let's say. Yeah, sure. very Maybe could have used a little oh. bit more, you know, polish. Some of those, uh, some of that dialogue was a little... You know, yeah, the story felt very like one dimensional by yeah, the numbers like, at times. Yeah, there it was. I got, the internet was theorizing that it was way more complex than it really was. And yeah. I think I think the worst it came out worst in Moff Moff Gideon because I I felt especially in this season his character just really wasn't the same. It just seems so cliche. Mm-hmm. Like the monologuing, we joke about it, but it, it's true. It's like you have your villain monologue when you don't have any. I knew I did and naturally have him get that information out. Right. Yeah. So then it ends with him going back to Navarro, talking with Grief Karga. He takes a pit stop, though, at that uh, um, New Republic bar. Filoni's sitting there at the bar. He talks to the one guy. What's his I name? thought for sure when he showed up at this New Republic outpost, it was going to be him going up to Zeb, Gary Zeb. Yeah, just being so like, too. how can I help in the next show? Right. <laughs> Do you have any idea how much CG we've already spent on this episode? No, no. <laughs> right, and there was nobody in that, that little shop that was CG. Yeah, was all Dave Filoni was in the back. I paused it like, who's here? Dave Filoni was in the shop, but it was all Wearing here. his dumb hat. It was all just dudes. Um, but it's the, not dumb, but it's a dumb hat. The, ba- <laughs> the basic reason he went there was to tell the New Republic guy, hey, you guys can't do anything about the outer rim. So if you want to hire me to protect the outer rim, I'm a bounty hunter, but now I just have, I just adopted this kid. I'm looking for a job and he's my apprentice. So if you need help in the outer rim, let me know. Uh, but while he's there, there's an IG head on the bar. Like, I don't know, trophy rack. Which is I guess exactly what I'm setting up in my new house. David's going to have a, just a helmet rack of heads, heads of his sure. enemies. We talked about this. Maybe it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was IG eighty eight. I was thinking that thirty seven. There's only two IGs in the entire canon of Star Wars, so it had to be one of them, right? So he takes that head from the. He's like, "Listen, you're going to give me a job, and all I want for payment is that head." Well, then he takes that head and uses the part that he desperately needed from the first uh, episode to get IG eleven back up and running. Right. So they'll f- full circle that stupid moment, but yeah. they don't. And we got our boy Tutu Wakaka voicing IG-11 again. Hello, Setasuns. He's I here to serve. Marshall. Yeah, so he becomes the Marshal of Navarro. And Grief Karga gives Mandalorian and Grogu this little cabin on the outskirts. Like, hey, you've earned this. Here's a house. Which, didn't we say that's what Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 2 was going to be all about? Yeah, just him chilling outside, like, learning how to figure out how to repair his hose. Yeah. His, like, faucet keeps leaking and... He's got to go to the hardware store and he's laid on his back. Oh, uh, he keeps, he gets sprays in his face and like, oh, like <laughs> comedic things ensue when Obi-Wan's just trying to learn yeah. how to be a dude living on Tatooine by himself. What are, what are the interest rates on Tatooine? Trying right? to go on dates, you know, download some apps. And right. So it doesn't work out. How I felt about this whole thing is like he's giving him this house and he basically says like flat out like this can be your home base when things are like chill. It almost felt like in a video game when you get to that yeah. point in the video game where you have a checkpoint of like, Okay, that's like my save point. 
like a Grand Theft Auto right. type thing where I've got a new house location that I can check in and yeah, like, like you to change my like clothes. Like the writers were just given the green light on doing a movie now and they're like, okay, here's a safe place for you guys to kind of stay. Right. Also, it was I mean, a little, you know, in hindsight, it's like it's satisfying for like a show to end where like, hey, all the heroes have won. Yeah. The, the story's not over, but this is like they all get to just rest. Everything's all right right now. It's all right. And it literally ends with him sitting on the porch and Grogu, like, what, swinging? It ends with, like, a no. comical Iris out of him le- levitating a frog. And it, like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> Iris is in on the two of them. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> Something out of Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all is well in the, in the galaxy. And then, so I was like, well, that kind of sucked. So then, about an hour after I watched the episode, I go, oh, my gosh. I didn't even look for an end credit. End credit scene. I go back. There's no freaking end credit. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately said, "There's got to be an end credit scene." Scrub, scrub, scrub. Skip, skip. Wow, it's over. The nope. Mandalorian will return or something, but no. I didn't even in Avengers: that. Secret Wars, <laughs> Ant Man will return. What would you guys rate it? The season as a whole. Um, what's which season was it? Number three. three. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> three, you say. Uh-oh, Sean. I'd say, yeah, 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I'd give it like a 7.1. I'm going to say 6.8. I, I see. I think the reason you gave it lower than me is simply because of the Jack Black Lizzo stuff. Yeah. I like that, that episode. I did not like that. You I know, thought that was you very know, I actually odd. Society, I'll say, <laughs> if the lactose intolerant people would just tolerate it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I liked this season more than a lot more than season two. And I've expressed that many times. Really? I thought season two, like, insult... It, there's parts of season two that are great, but uh, too much of it felt like an insult to my intelligence because it was like... It just felt like so much needless fan service. And I felt like that distracted from any or- novelty and originality the show could have had. But nothing... Well, season one stopped being good for me towards the middle of the last episode. Or was it the end of the penultimate episode where they killed off Werner Herzog's character. I don't know who that is. Exactly. The client. The guy he worked for. The super creepy German guy. Yeah. Mm. Yes. That guy is, that is by far the best villain in the show. Not even close. They killed him. I want to see the baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then they replaced him with Moff Gideon. Yeah cartoon character i guess the the hope there is hope for the future because they're getting back to like just bounty hunting what yeah the that was a little bit weird been. wasn't it because he's like he's my apprentice now and i'm like what has he been this whole well, time yeah, well, i don't understand because like didn't you, you were training him to fight on that beach right in the you know with the other ragnar and right and then he says you know i'm a bounty hunter by trade I'm like, well, hold on, wait a second. You're like, you can't like teach a little kid to be a bounty hunter. Yeah, that's... he's gonna have to kill people. <laughs> Don't do that. I want to see Grogu levitate people and then rotate their heads. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were talking right, about Grogu. Here's how I'm gonna teach you about dead or alive. <laughs> how to bring them in? Yeah. Um, you mentioned MCU. One of the things that popped in my head and I couldn't remember until I just pulled it up. New rumor on the rumor mill of Mills. Adam Driver potentially as Mr. Fantastic. I saw that. That's nuts. I don't like that. I think he needs a haircut, maybe. No. 
I feel like John Krasinski was a freaking slam dunk. Haircut's ass. really easy though, Dave. <laughs> oh, that's here's the other weird. thing. So, in uh, speaking of John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, in the Doctor Strange movie, we get uh, what Earth was that? Eight one eight that they go to. Who cares? Yeah, what are you a nerd? Like <sighs> yeah, no. But did you guys see the the recent trailer for Into the Spider Verse? Yes. They basically insinuate that the earth that we know the mcu as a whole is not 616 it is 1999.99 which i don't know what that means what are you guys talking about (laughs) he the main he mentioned dr strange in that boy which is tom holland it's the uh, oscar isaac voices yeah i know what you're talking about I, i i i get it but like how are we supposed to know what these numbers mean I don't know. I didn't read enough of the comics. But what's her face? The actress that plays uh, Miss Marvel? Brie Larson. Oh, no. Oh, you, yeah. The young girl. Iman. She did an interview. She's like deep into the comics. She freaking knows what she's talking about. She called it out like months ago saying, I don't don't believe that we're 616. I think that's just a ruse. They don't tell me anything, but I'm the spy. (laughs) (laughs) She called it out though. She said, I think we're Earth 199999. Whatever that means. What does that even mean? I don't know, Sean. Maybe she did know and she was just pretending that it was a theory. She was just trying something. You can't trust the people who work for Marvel. No. Not anymore. Not after what Jonathan Majors did. Yeah. The last time I trust him. Rookie mistake. Mm. <laughs> so I think that's it. That's Mando, a little bit of MCU. Anything else going on? Um, yeah, The Mandalorian Season 3 was okay. I mean, you know, could have been better, but it's funny to compare Mandalorian Season 3 to, like, Andor in hindsight. Yes. Yeah. When you think about, like, dang, Andor is, like, way more serious, and parts of it are, like, really well done. Yes. And then you realize, well, you know, The Mandalorian, I guess it, it is just, it's more a wider audience. It's probably more family-friendly. It's probably for, like... Sure. It's rated TV 14, but most of the time it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I'm looking forward to more of it. I, I would say that I enjoyed the prison episodes of Andor mm-hmm. more than I enjoyed any episode of this Mandalorian season. One way out. Did you see Andy Circus is going to be in the, the next way. season? So he survived. I didn't see that. He is confirmed oh. for season two of Andor. I hope they take it back. Yeah. Maybe it's what a flashback. Are you, what are you doing? That was like the best part. Maybe it's that meant a, something. Maybe it's just a shot of him at the bottom of the ocean dead. <laughs> <laughs> just no, a, it's just a cameo. He posted a picture of him with a, a life raft. Oh, dude. Just he? him smiling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I agree, though. Andor was done so well that I think it, I think you're right. It's just a different audience. But I love Mando. Dang, is this a sign that like Star Wars is done? It's over. It's gonna fall apart. We'll see what they do with Ahsoka. Oh my gosh. Oh, we'll see what they do with the Rey. nail in the coffin. More like it. I think oh, that's no. the first movie to come out too. The Ray movie. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, really? I think I saw that. Oh boy. That's I could re- be wrong, but that's weird. I are you sure that twenty twenty five? I saw. What? That's right around the corner. Who's going to be around in 2025? Also, that's only two years. I don't believe that that's enough time to properly write and get ready a whole new trilogy or more of New Jedi Order films. I would say we've done this before and we rushed episode seven, eight, nine. We're ready to get hurt again. Let's not rush anything else. 
darn it. But what do I know? Yeah, but what if what if we have to wait till we're forty before we get new Star Wars movies? Would you rather wait till forty and be a, have it be a home run, or would you rather see it tomorrow and have it be a poo poo stinker? <sighs> Got to poop every day. I don't want any more poo poo. <laughs> Me neither, Sean. Um, so that'll do it. I want poodoo. I'll just go watch episode one again. Poodoo. Yeah. Not because I don't like the movie, but because that's when Jar Jar makes jokes about it. Yeah. No, Sebulba. Sebulba. Sebulba, yeah. But didn't we theorize that, isn't that his son? It's his dad, I think. His dad. You said his dad. I was saying his son who had cancer. He named his son after his dad. Right. That's the Sebulba backstory. And when he lost that race, he lost them both. Yeah. Right. Because he was supposed to win for them. <laughs> I, saw th- I saw this funny meme that said, the Jedi Council accountant at the end of the year. Okay, so Qui-Gon Jinn bought a kid on Tatooine. That can't be right. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> he did not talk to the HR it, department. It is true. He literally bought a slave, didn't he? Yeah. Interesting. Quagon's a goat. Uh, all right, I think that's gonna wrap up episode thirty-five. Six, six. six. Just AI my voice; it'll be fine. I'd rather not. Episode that's thirty-six. Work. That's a wrap. We thank you guys for bearing through it. Um, we liked Mandalorian. We like him as a person. We like him as a human being, and as a bounty hunter. And Give us your well thought out, fully addressed and formulated review of season three. Yeah, in the comments. Write us a freaking book. Or just on a scale of one to ten. No. Put a number. Yes. Dude. Well you can how about you start what you want to say off with the one to ten? And then you give us the, the novel. And then tell us in episode one of season four, who will the spy be revealed as? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're still out there somewhere. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We ask you to like, comment, subscribe to this video. Tell somebody about 99 Nerds, the greatest podcast in the galaxy. We thank you for your viewership. We ask you if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or something like that, uh, hop on over to YouTube. Watch our YouTube video because Sean is going to spend approximately 37 hours editing this. We appreciate him and his efforts and he does a great job. One time we released an episode and somebody, um, I posted it on my Instagram story Mm -hmm. and uh, somebody liked my Instagram story. I'm like, I'd rather you like the video and subscribe, especially if you've made it to this part in the podcast and you're not subscribed. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. I hope you listen to this on like 1.2 speed or something. That's the way to do it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And we love you. Peace. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>